What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Real Reality Realness with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I, your host, Sean, dive deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and replace stand culture with the protocol of the Human Resources Department. Join me five days a week as I dissect your favorite shows while getting to know my favorite content creators and personalities through their connections to reality TV. Lock in while I clock in, because we are about to get into it. everybody welcome and welcome back to the show this is real reality realness i am sean ellis rogers and i put the mess in the message i am so excited to have my guest on on the show today they're the ceo of gemini films home to amazing programs like shadows bad boys club and the come up all the franchises and i cannot wait to get to know this person better ladies gentlemen and every gender or lack thereof in between Join me in welcoming to the show, Karan Wilson. Mr. Wilson! Mr. How Wilson! How are you? <laughs> I am, I can't complain, how are you? I am so happy to have you here. I've been waiting to say that to you for days. <laughs> <laughs> I am so grateful to have you. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I congratulations, by the way, on doing your thing. You know what I mean? I've I've been seeing you do your thing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You know, I'm out here moving and shaking. You know, I'm out here. You know, <laughs> good love <laughs> thing. You know, we in the streets or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But this is about you, my good man. So tell my audience, who is Karan Wilson? Well, Karan Wilson is a 25-year-old that lives in Boston, Massachusetts. And I, you know, I love film. I love to create. I love to produce. I love to uh, move people, whether it's like in an emotional way, happy way, shocking way, uh, angry way, you know, however we can provoke emotions out of people when it comes to shows or projects is something that I live for. And so I've just been super passionate about film and creating um, content for people to enjoy and kind of get their minds off of things. Like, you know, when I was younger, it really, really was something that helped me get through tough times. And so I kind of want to be that for someone else. Absolutely. When did you know that you were creative? Like, when did you know you had something that was like, oh, I can actually contribute to this space? Um, I think it was like when... I used to kind of be a little creative like all my life. Like I used to always like either wanted to be like a fashion designer, you know, I was dancing for a lot of years. I was always into like entertainment in some kind of way. I think that I fell in love with film during high school and I realized like, okay, dance isn't something that I want to do for the rest of my life. It's actually film and something that really helped me, you know, dance. I mean, yeah, it's nice, but it didn't really help me get through tough times. It was just something to do. And so, gotcha. I definitely was like, yeah, I don't know why I'm going to a performing arts school right now. I need to be going into, (laughs) 
I need to just film go to school. a regular high school. Yeah, and like teach myself how to film and go to a film school and you know and all those kind of things. And so that's kind of what um, that's kind of how it started. You know, with that. Nice. So let's kind of keep along those lines. When did you fall in love with reality TV? You know what? Okay, so I remember like it was yesterday because I was just thinking about this the other day and I was like, what was the first reality show that I watched that I really fell in love with? It was Laguna Beach. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it before, but I believe it was on MTV. (laughs) And it was like, like I'm not, so like I was um, at the time, like a a long time ago when I was younger, my like we were living with our uncle or he was a board us or whatever like we all were like living together in, in the house and my uncle had this dvd and it said laguna beach and honestly at first i was like, I was like is this porn or something like what is this i've never heard of it before <laughs> but I'm, i was like intrigued to know what like who are these white people on this this dvd and like what is it about you know so i, I put it in uh, the dvd player and then i watched it and i was like what is this like it it like captured me into like this kind of teenage high school drama that you know I really didn't know much about but I, I was so infatuated with it and I was like I have to watch the next episode so I just was stealing his DVDs out of his room whenever he wasn't there to watch the next season because uh, he had like all the seasons on like these DVDs and so I was just watching them and I fell in love with reality TV and I was like I love that I, I want to do something like that you are a reality TV watcher that is after my own heart because I totally understand that. Like, my answer to that question is The Hills. There we go. Like, I watched Laguna Beach, but I was obsessed. (laughs) That is the first show, that is the first reality show I will ever say. Like Like, I can very clearly remember being obsessed with the hills and i know exactly why you were obsessed with laguna beach and then the hills it's the cinematography of it all it's the it's the it's the soap opera of it all it's the narration of it all it's the (laughs) drama it's the blank stairs that leave cliffhangers to commercials like television so 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 good the guy who uh adam Devello, who created laguna beach nice. also does the hills and he also has this new um these new shows out now that i'm obsessed with called selling sunset on netflix and it's yes. just it's so good so i really really I, well now that i think about it he's he's been one of my inspirations since i was younger before i even knew it you know what i mean and it, it kind of feels like a full circle now that i'm able to see him producing on Netflix and and to be able to kind of go along this ride of like seeing how he has evolved when it came to you know reality TV it's just it's crazy. Yes, shout out to him. His name does come up a lot because we mm-hmm. talk about <laughs> Laguna Beach, the hills. Like a lot of people are right where we are on that train, and so we mm-hmm. shout him out a lot. I, 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 I've been trying to get him on the show, but he doesn't check his DMs nor his email. <laughs> so God bless him. But we just gonna keep giving him his just yes, do it. Maybe one day he'll just stumble across the podcast. You exactly. know, we're gonna manifest it. Exactly. We're gonna put that out into the into the world. Now, how do you think you would have done on your favorite reality show, Laguna Beach? Um, I think definitely I would have definitely been a part of the clicks, you know what I mean? And like kind of just 
getting I would mostly kind of like live to be like well what did she say what happened okay well I want to I want to <laughs> put together like a little you know champagne night and I want us to all sit around and talk about what happened why 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 do you girls hate each other did she steal your man did she you know what I mean kind of like get the girls together rail in the group figure out the issues and then let's just have a good time and party and, and travel and you know find love and all that stuff as well yeah like I am somewhere on that side, but I'm somewhere like on the outside of that. Like, mm-hmm. I always say, like, if I was on the hills, I would have been somewhere between like Audrina's gay best friend and like <laughs> the person who just showed, like, the one black guy that just shows up with Justin Bobby all the time. <laughs> like, I, like, I would be somewhere in between those roles. Like, I would be like a Whitney Port, but mm-hmm. the black one. There we go. Yeah. Good time. Now, do you think that that was the piece of cinema or TV that represents the moment that set you on the career path you're on now? Or was there something else that was more defining for you? I think what initially made, like, I like the idea came to my mind when I watched Laguna Beach and I was, you know, watching those seasons. I think that, like, the thing, the first thing that actually made me like, okay, get a camera and start recording uh, was the Kardashians. You know, when I started watching the Kardashians, I was like, well, this is great. I would love to kind of do that with my family, you know what I mean? Or, or with my cousins, um, like mostly. So I made a show, a reality show called The Cousins. And I was recording, you know, me and my cousins, like, you know, going out like bowling and there was drama between us. And we were just, you know, again, I was like 14. So confessionals were like in the bathroom and, you know, there was no lighting. It was was like this camcorder that was set up on like a desk and we would just set it up in the living room. It literally looked like a confessional at church. Literally, it was, it was so like, just cringy now that I look at it but it was very much like that was what started it you know I used what I had and tried to make the best of it and um and yeah that's what when I started and then you know it started issues with the family and stuff like that so I took it down and we just never did it again um and then that's when I was like well what else can I do uh and I was talking with some friends one day and we were just kind of like throwing out ideas for shows and we came up with the idea to do Bad Boys Club, and then I was like, all right, whatever. So I reached out to a couple of friends who I knew, and I asked my aunt if we can use her place, and she said, sure, just make sure you guys don't mess up the place. Listen, she was she was so, she's so supportive of like, of like, okay, is this something you really want to do? Okay, cool. Like, if this is your dream, if this is what you're trying to figure it out, I support you. So do whatever you have to do. You know what I mean? And 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 she lived for it. You know, she was definitely uh, here for it. So we did it. Yeah, and she has great up. insurance, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> well, nothing in the house got broken, thankfully. It was like more so like every time like there was a fight or something, normally it would happen outside, you know, except for in the, you know, some of the living room stuff. But um, yeah, very that's much, kind of what started off. Bitch, if you touch, I'm chopping you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She brought up Bad Boys Club. I was going to bring that up later on in the interview. Mm -hmm. But she brought her up. What? Talk talk to me about the process of putting that together. But really start with 
And I don't know if this is a personal question. You can tell me to mind my damn business. You're in a safe space. But what is the security <laughs> budget like for Bad Boys? So for Bad Boys Club, honestly, there there really is no security budget when, you know, during the seasons. It was like kind of like the the boys all understood that, you know, hey, listen, this is something that we're trying out, we're doing. If there is a fight, I, the boys, you guys need to, you know, jump in and, and break up your friends. You know what I mean? Like, whoever you're cool with, just grab them and say, hey, come over here, talk to me, and whatever have you. I think now that the, you know, the, the brand has grown and we have, you know, evolved a lot more since then, uh, you know, for the next season, definitely we're looking into getting like security just to be like in the house and make sure that everything is okay. I mean, you know, for reunions and stuff, we always have security. You know, there's always security there. But as far as like filming in the house, most of the time there's not security just because, um, yeah, it's like, you know, paying for security every single day, you know, paying for it's a whole expensive. day. And then say, it's expensive. And then say if there is no, you know, no no drama or fighting happening for the, the last four days, then it's going to be like, okay, I just paid this guy how much money to just sit around and do nothing? <laughs> like, Shout out you to know, so like, bodyguard. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, let me... <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's why it's, it's a little tricky. That makes perfect sense because I was worried. I was like, listen, I love the idea, mm-hmm. love the show. Mm-hmm. I watched, but I know, yeah, Ooh. it's, it's such a liability. It, it's such a liability to like you know film that show. That's why I haven't done it in so long, and then I finally brought it back last year. Um, yeah, or like earlier this year. I don't know. I think it was earlier this year. But yeah, it was crazy. Bad boys had their own renaissance money. I was like, shout out to y'all. <laughs> y'all be no, literally. <laughs> it, was, it was a whole movement when it came out. It was. Like, I was watching. I was like, oh, damn. No, he bullshit. Like, I had to check and make sure it wasn't April. I was like, bitch, it's April Fool's Day. Yeah, everyone thought when I announced it that it was, like, not going to happen. They were just like, yeah, sure, okay, ha And I was like, no, we literally filmed the season already. And I was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm dropping, like, a trailer. I'm dropping a trailer soon. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) That's what I believed. I believed you when that trailer dropped. I said, oh, this is... This this fool's serious. Oh, okay. I'm in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, outside of being in the director's chair, how involved are you in, on the creative side when it comes to your scripted show? Oh, um, a thousand percent. You know, I down to like the script writing, casting, everything. Um, you know, for a long time, I was a one-man show. You know, I just did everything myself. And it was very much like, it was, it was very time-consuming, but it was super... Like, I'm just, I'm such a, I'm such, like, I'm on top of everything I do just because I feel like when I give people chances to step in and do things for me and I just fully give them control, sometimes it doesn't come out the way I like it or it puts whatever project we're working on because then it becomes not what the fans want. So I just have to be super involved in, like, everything and make sure that I'm, I like it at the end of the day. Because if I don't, then I'm going to be like, uh, oh. (laughs) I totally get that. I'm a one-man band over here, and I run six podcasts by myself. I'm like, I just just can't relinquish any control to anybody. I don't know. (laughs) But I I feel you. Uh Do you have a preference on scripted versus reality? 
Uh, reality is much easier to film. I will say that, you know, like we could shoot probably like four or five scenes in one day. Uh, scripted, it's so, everything is so technical from the audio to the lighting to trying to make sure it all looks co like it, it all flows and it's cohesive with each other. So it's like, it's very time consuming, uh, but I enjoy the idea of putting out scripted shows more just because I feel mm -hmm. like it's more of a creative thing where it's like, you're creating these scenarios and these characters and people are falling in love with them as opposed to, you know, filming people for hours and hours and waiting for that golden moment from the scene. You know, you already have the golden moment because whatever you wrote and whatever you're filming is exactly what you want it to be. You know what I mean? So it's like... Yeah, you just wrote the golden moment. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it just takes you 10 hours to shoot it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly, so... I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say a preference because it's just I, I like them both for different reasons. But yeah, I don't know if I was, if I'm being lazy. I guess reality would be easier to film. <laughs> I love that for you. How do you think escapism has changed with the evolution of television, specifically reality television? But since you do scripted and reality, you can speak to both. Hmm. Can you elaborate on that? Like, what do you mean? Um, I think that for me specifically, um, I find it hard to find escapism in a lot of reality television today because it's become such a, like, it's such a representative and like such a microcosm of what's going on in our country. And a lot of that is just flat out based in negativity and a lot of the negativity has gone past it. Oh yeah, girl, that's a little shade. Oh, you know, it's a little read. Now it's like, you know, death threats, racism, colorism. It's like, girl, I'm my <laughs> So, especially when it's like across an entire franchise, girl. It's like, right. it's just like girl, like, like I can deal with it on one, one show, but then when it's like five, it's like, girl, I need a break. I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> like my laser tired. So um so I think that as reality television and the concept around reality television has evolved over the past specifically like ten years and it's become more alleged friendship group focused and these and these specific ensemble shows, I think the escapism has come out of it because there's just a whole lot of real world issues that people dive into when it comes to the social media engagement with these shows and you mm -hmm. don't really get to escape into them anymore because back before we back before social media we could watch a show like say bad girls club and just you know say what we needed to say talk our shit blah 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 blah, blah. I would rant about the fact that every season has this one white girl that is just so uncomfortable being around black people. Like, <laughs> and I could just say that in my room and there'd be nobody to argue with me on that. Mm -hmm. And I could just have my opinion and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. There's the escapism. But now that we're in the age of social media where everybody feels like they need to put every thought mm -hmm. on Beyonce's internet, <laughs> it just it just seems like the escapism comes out of it because you get to hear people's real thoughts in real time and then you get to see what type of real people are out there watching these shows as well right right and it turns into a whole nother thing so like 
how, like, do you have any thoughts on that? Being that you're like a producer of reality TV, like, where do you think, like, how do you think escapism plays into reality television now that it's like so convoluted, for lack of better words? I feel like it, it definitely has become oversaturated, for sure. Um, I feel like now there's just shows about anything nowadays. And it kind of just like, reality TV used to be fun. It used to be moments. It used to be like, you were able to sit either with friends, family, or by yourself and just enjoy these like, this, you know, time frame of entertainment. And uh, the kind of reality that I do, I like people to, to feel like they're in the moment while it's happening. You know, like I, I make sure like the angles kind of feel like you're sitting at the table with them. So um, I, I think that like, it's, it's a double-edged sword because it's like, on one hand, yeah, on the show, you want there to be like, for example, you want there to be topics that are going on in the world for people to talk about. So, you know, then people can say like, oh, the show is real. It touches on real life topics. However, people watch TV to kind of escape and, and get away from all of those topics because they, they see it all the time. So it's like, I don't want to turn on my favorite show and have to hear about the same thing that I was just dealing with, you know, 30 minutes ago at my job or whatever have you. I want to just enjoy silliness for the next 40 minutes. But if you make a show that is too silly and that's just about nothing, then people are going to say, this, this show has no substance. What is this doing for the community or for our generation or X, Y, and Z? So it's like, I I, I don't know. I, I think that there are only a few shows left, in my opinion, that really still get me excited when it comes to reality TV. But I, I don't really know my answer to, like, pinpoint escapism. I just... I don't know. For like, if we're talking about like escape from reality, then what I do is movies, you know? Cause then that, that way it's kind of like, I can still go to a movie by myself, watch it and give my own opinion or watch a review. And I don't have to worry about everyone's opinion. You know, I don't right. have to open up Twitter and see it, but definitely people have, have an opinion all the time. But um, I think, yeah, I think for me, it's more so of like, okay, well then I guess like going and seeing it by, by myself still and just shutting myself off from the world to enjoy it, digest it, review it. And then, you know, when I open up, I already have my view and my point and I enjoyed it or I didn't. Now I can kind of like see whatever people are talking about and just, you know, like, all right, whatever. Totally get that. I think that, you know, it's, it's definitely complicated because you, you know, you're on the other side of it where like, you're, you're like putting it out. So it's like, yeah. you know, uh, give the people what they want and what and you know what the people want is toxicity so yeah i mean that's cake. that's true that's true because i could i could <laughs> i could i could i could do a whole a whole show about something positive and it won't really get views but then the minute that it's drama and fighting and you know whatever it will get so many views and so many blog posts and so you know what i mean like it's it's kind of mm -hmm. like people choose what they want to give their uh attention to you know what i mean so it's like a lot of people like blame production companies or shows for being like, well, why are you guys promoting this? But if no one was watching it, then drama TV would die out the same way positive TV dies out. You know what I mean? Like it, it's all about what the consumer wants to watch. And a lot of people like to just watch drama. <laughs> right. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, who's going to become the chicken and who's going to be become the egg on that? It's like when, like, I, I don't know. It's like when a, when are the consumer base gonna grow up, or when are the re or like when are the production companies gonna uh, uh, just be like, no, we yeah. aren't doing this anymore. Y'all are just gonna watch. 
watch something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll ever stop anytime soon. If I'm being honest, I don't either. I I honestly don't, especially not with the way our <laughs> not with the way our country's going. It's only gonna, gonna get worse. Exactly. Oh, chat, watch. Listen, there's a couple networks that I'm looking at real close. I'm like, y'all look real sus. Uh oh. Y'all look like y'all gonna green like some real ignorant shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the next couple years, just watch out for a couple networks in around like 2024. That's all I'm saying. Now, let's jump back into your reality show because okay. I discovered you through the come up, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, th- this was one of my first forays into like, it's the, like it's because of your show that I know a lot of these shows exist, right? Like you were mm. like I, like I think the the Come Up New York was the first like YouTube web reality show that I ever watched, or it's at least <laughs> the it's the first one that I remember. I'll say that. Period. So you know, oh, I'll put it in the show. <laughs> <laughs> But like, tell me about that because the I, 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 like <laughs> such a great franchise, dog. Like, tell me about your greatness. Um, I think that you know I was you know doing Bad Boys Club, and it was something where I thought to myself like, okay, when I tell people I film, they ask to see my work, and. <laughs> I have only bad boys come to show for it. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like, hmm, that's real. Yeah, I, I don't I don't wanna have these important meetings or meet people who are, you know, of higher, you know, higher in their in their field and show them this and they're like, This is what you higher do. You just vibrations, if you will. Yeah. And I don't I just don't <laughs> want to be taken as a joke. You know what I mean? So I had right. to really be like, okay, now I have to do a show called, you know. Let me work on a show called Shadows. Let me work on a show called The Come Up. Let me let me still give people that drama that they love, but let's make it different. Let's not just have people in one place fighting and drinking and twerking and having sex all day. You know, like let's actually do something else where we can show talented people in our community. So that's where The Come Up came about. The first season was very rough because I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, I grabbed the camera. I was trying to film. I was like, well, let's just see what happens. But then as season two went on and, you know, we started, I started kind of figuring it out. Like, all right, now I know the direction of the show I want to go in. And, you know, that's kind of how I started um, expanding it and, and making it more into like this, this um, world of like gay housewife, gay love and hip hop, if you will, kind of show. Um, yeah. And now, you know, now everybody, everybody and their mama is doing it. So it, it, it worked, <laughs> you know? It, I- <laughs> legitimately like I just remember the very first couple seasons of like the first three seasons of like of I, I almost say love and hip hop the come up New York <laughs> I just like I was just once again obsessed like I was like when y'all fucking man <laughs> literally up until that point the only time that I had seen a reality show of all gay men was the A-list. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody remembers that show, but there wasn't anybody 
on that show that looks like either one of us. Right. So I was like, uh, okay, that that's cute for her. Shout out to Mike Ruiz, down to the America's Next Top Model and all that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I need some negras, some some color, <laughs> some melanin, some biscuits, some collard greens, something. I'm I mean, some fried chicken skin, some something, something. anything, a pig in a blanket, anything. Anyway. So, so when I stumbled upon, like I don't even know how I came across the come up New York. It was just like, yo. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so 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 first of all, thank you. Because, you know, queer <laughs> cast of color, we were left off with Noah's Ark. And you mm-hmm. know that was the last, you know, real group of color that we saw every now and again, Brian Kenny fucked a black dude on Queer Spoke. Oh my god, I love that show so much. Oh, I'll go back on you. Like, like, never get a like fourteen seasons of Degrassi's The Next Generation. How many black (laughs) gay love interests did we get? Mm. Okay, so (laughs) so I'm just saying, like, it was. Y'all were very properly timed, and I appreciate that. So thank, thank you for that show. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Of course. Now, what is a typical casting process like for you? And how does your casting process differ from scripted to reality? Uh, I think with reality, it's a lot more... Uh, it's, it's a much more tedious process when it comes to picking. Because, you know, once we pick the people, we want to make sure, like as a group, they mesh well. And then also, you know, they each are representing something low-key, you know what I mean? When it comes to their respective fields of work or just who they are as a person or what they have gone through. So we make sure that we're not trying to cast the same kind of people. Cause you know, you can only imagine if, if we have five people who are the same, who are just like loud and outspoken and big personality and they all kind of like the same thing, then it would just become kind of like, a bit of a headache rather than enjoying it you you would be like okay this is too much you know what i mean so i think that uh when casting i look for people who are just honestly themselves you know the more that you are just yourself and i know that sounds so cliche because it's like well what does that really mean like what does it mean to be yourself but someone who like i can tell when a person is like trying too hard to be something that they think we want to see and the first mistake that people do all the time is they say yeah because if you bring me on you know, I'll I'll knock people's heads off and I'll be fighting it. It's like that's not what I'm looking for. It, it oh, just yeah. it's it just so happens to happen in the show once in a while, but that is not what I'm looking for. Because if that was the case, then yeah, I, I could cast those people all the time. I want people who are like, you know, who are like I'm outspoken, I speak how I feel. If I don't like something, then yeah, I will address it. I like to see people, you know, they like to see people win, they like to throw events, they like to just work on themselves and try to make themselves a better person with their career. Uh, They understand how the business works. They understand how TV works, you know? So it's like, I look for those kind of people who who get it more so than just the people who are trying to get on for drama or clout or whatever have you. Now, have you ever been in a tough spot and just like pulled a winning doubt or like thought about pulling a winning doubt and just considered pulling a Shawnee O'Neal and joining one of your franchises? 
No, <laughs> just I never. I don't really think that it would be for me to to be on camera. I mean, I think like the most that people get out of me is like the reunions. You know, I'll host it just because a lot of people do say like we want to see you on camera. We want to see you interacting with the cast. So I'm like, all right, well, the best I could do is host the reunion. You'll see me interact with them. You'll see me ask questions. You'll see a little back and forth here and there. But uh, even now I, I, I'm thinking to myself like, okay, maybe I, I think I'll stop posting reunions and just let other people do it just because I really enjoy just creating. You know, when I have to host the reunion, I got to be in front of the camera. I have to hope that all the mics are working. The camera, I've got to hope that all the camera people are doing their job and security is doing it. It's like running everything myself while also trying to look good on camera, ask the questions that people want to know. And it's, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot. So I think that um, I'm not interested in being in front of the camera per se, but if there is a scene where I have to come on camera and say something, or I have to help a situation, you know, cool down, then yeah, but I don't really see myself like <laughs> walking up in a scene and, you know, bringing up some, some mess or whatever. I totally get that. And you just like mustered up another question for me because as somebody who is, I am self-proclaimed in my audition era so like mm -hmm. I'm on so I'm pitching and I'm auditioning for any and everyone who will have me so in the spirit of my own work ethic what mm -hmm. what defines a qualified reunion host for you because I knew that you hosted the reunion so I wasn't going to ask you but since you brought that up <laughs> Sounds like a segue to me. <laughs> so uh, a qualified reunion host that I'm looking for currently is, um, if I'm being honest, it wouldn't be someone definitely with a big personality that knows how to control a room. Um, I mean, definitely there's arguments at the reunion. Definitely there are people who are outspoken, but there needs to be someone who is going to make everyone feel comfortable and not come off biased. I think that it's right. important for someone to, for the host to express how they feel, but not be combative when it comes to difference of opinions. You know what I mean? Like if, if the host yeah. feels one way and the cast feels one way, yeah, there could be a little conversation about it, but to argue back and forth with the cast member, no. Um, to try to make it seem like, you know, you like one side more than the other. No, because it, it just comes off as like, it doesn't come off as fun. It comes off as like, what is this, you know? so. Um, I also look for someone who is well known as well that helps with uh, views and bringing in new fans you know if they already have a fan base of their own it definitely helps the platform grow if we have someone who has a big following or is is very much known like an influencer with you know a bunch of following who they could be like hey I'm hosting and then it becomes more of a moment um, for you know the reunion and for people to be like I don't even know what this is, but because this person is hosting it, I'm going to watch it kind of thing. So that's, um, that's another thing. And then also someone who's just very entertaining, you know, lots of energy. I, I don't want to see any yarning or someone who's just like, oh, okay, well, let's move on to the next question. You know, like that's not something I, I could do. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Uh, <laughs> I thought of an example where you said that and I was like, oh, right, got it. Um, what is what is your overall mission statement for Gemini Films and how has it grown or changed from when you started? 
Um, I mean, I definitely have been able to travel the world more. So, you know, thankfully to, I, I've, I've had a lot of perks when it came to, to doing this platform, you know? Um, most of the time when I go out, you know, I run into fans all the time and we take pictures. And one thing I've noticed, which I really think is crazy, but it's really cute, is that anytime like fans or whoever see me at like the bar with my friends, they offer to buy me drinks, which I think is really cute. Cause it's like, I don't know, like I just feel like it's such a random thing, but they're like, I love you so much. Let me get the next round. And I'm like, okay, sure. Like, yeah, let's do it. Like, you know, and then they talk about, to me about their favorite show or whatever but i've been able to travel the world and see places that i never thought i'd be able to see i met a bunch of celebrities i never thought i would meet and work with people um the goal definitely is to you know make millions and inspire millions and uh create all different kind of shows that are gonna just have people talking all around the world when it comes to um whether it's good or bad you know just creating these shows and platforms for people to really go out there and do their thing. Uh, I definitely want to have an app. I think an app would be really cool for people to exclusively just watch the kind of shows that we're going to be working on. And um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the goal right now. I think at 100,000, when I reach 100,000, that's when I want to start to launch the app and get people subscribed to the, to the app and we just put out shows, you know? Amazing. That is, that is awesome. <laughs> So, how close are you to your hundred thousand, so that you can go ahead and just put that out into the universe, project know, the number right? closing so, in on itself? Well, definitely, we're gonna hit it next year. Uh, I think we're gonna hit it at the top of the year. If I'm not, I think we're gonna hit it before my birthday, which is May. Uh, right now, we've been growing a lot. So, like in the last month, we've gained over another three thousand subscribers. So I'm like, okay, it's moving really fast. So we have Great. to. So right now we're at eighty. 88,000 subscribers. Mm. So we're about to hit the 89,000 probably in the next like week or two. Uh, we'll probably hit 89,000 and then 90,000. So we're getting really close. I gotta, I wanna plan a big party. I wanna have, I wanna launch the app. There's a lot of stuff that needs to get done, but also I'm working on so many shows that it's like, when do I have the time to have those meetings to plan that stuff out as well? You know, so I, I'm trying to figure it all out. That's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel your network and your channel stands with and stands apart from the other channels in this web-based space? Um, I think that... I focus really heavy on on quality. I'm not saying that anyone else doesn't do quality. I think that, for me, I think you see the growth in every single season or project I put out, you see something new. And I think that's, that shows the growth in itself. You know, if you go back to the first season of any show I've done, compared to now, you see like, oh, wow, like green screens are better, sound is better, cameras are better, production just, it looked better. So I think what makes me stand out is like, I listen to the fans on what they want and what they don't like, what they do like, and I try to give them that. Uh, I think for me, it's like, I don't know. I, I look at it as like a lot of, and, and, and I'm saying this in a, in a very humble way, you know, because I, I know that like, 
recently I made a, a funny comment and people took it and ran with it and made it like this whole thing that I was just like, oh my God, like I can be also what? People jump into conclusions on social media. Oh, it's never heard of such a thing. <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. People making assumptions on the internet. <laughs> what is this new invention of which you speak I, and where do I, I download know. it on the app store? I know, right? Um, yeah, but I, I was like, I was bigging myself up and I was saying like, you know, like, you know, I'm the number one channel and, you know, I think, you know, I'm the best. And again, like I say, I think everyone should feel that way about what they do. Uh, anyone who's insecure enough to like feel some kind of way of like, oh no, he's not the best because of this, this, that. And they try to pull out all these different like reasons as to why someone is great. It's just insecure about whatever they're doing you know instead of just being like you know what yeah she said she's the best i feel like i'm the best she doing her thing i'm doing my thing they doing their thing they like instead of it being like that it always becomes like well no you can't be the best because of this or you or whatever have you it always feels like it's like some kind of rat race as to why people say that they are better than the other i just think that i put in the work i work hard i connect with the fans um you know the work is showing for itself the people are loving it and I think that with me, it doesn't feel like anything that we see, you know? Like, I I, I want to make people feel like they're living in this world. And I think that's that's what makes me stand out from other people is that I, I study it so much that I want people to feel like they're escaping when they watch these shows. Um, and, you know, so I think that that would be the difference. <laughs> I'm here for that. <laughs> I'm totally here for that. What keeps you up at night? Oof. Um, failing. Failing. Mm. Like, and also maybe, like, not knowing if this will work or not. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people always say, like, oh, no, it's working. It's working right now. And I'm like, yeah, but because to me, people look at me as like well you're here so you're doing it and I'm and I look at the other people who are like in Hollywood and I'm like that's where I want to be so I don't feel like I've right. made it until you know I put my mom in the mansion I, I have the car I want I have the house I want I'm providing all these jobs for people who can live and make a you know what I mean like until I get to that point then I could be like you know what I did make it but until then I will I, even if I get a million dollars I still don't feel like I made anything I, I, I need to keep going until I, I feel like, you know what? Okay, this is the life that, that you wanted and now you have it. So those things keep me up because I'm like, well, what if I get like 35, 40, 50 and it still didn't happen, but I can't really dwell too much on it because then, you know, you could spiral being in your head too much thinking about that kind of stuff. So I just hop Shay. in, hop out as much as I can. Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 you're talking to a Virgo, so I understand. <laughs> how much of your casting is based on the lack of representation when it comes to queer POC on reality television or in scripted as well or how much of it is just people just flat out being entertaining and that's who you want to put on TV um, I look for mainly like the story of like, like what, can you, what story can you bring to the channel that will either feel fresh or that would feel necessary to show. You know, if it's if it's a story that someone, I mean, the person can have a great personality, but if the story's not there, then it, it kind of feels like, it, it doesn't feel like it's fully clicking, you know what I mean? So 
uh, with, for example, with Spanky, um, a lot of people don't like Spanky or they feel like he's boring, but also he came out to his mom. And I think that that was a great way to show people who are younger, hey, it's not always gonna happen like this. You know, your mom's not always gonna hug you and y'all gonna cry together in the kitchen and everything's gonna be fine. That's not how it always works, but this did work for him. So look at this, look at the story of, he was going through this process of, falling out with friends, making new friends, dating, trying to figure out, okay, working on a hat line, also coming out to his mom, also dealing, you know what I mean? So it's like all of these things that are happening, whether or not you think his personality isn't the biggest, he's more of a voice of reason. He doesn't have to have the biggest personality. He is representing people who are coming out. He's representing someone who's trying to start a business. He's representing someone who, you know what I mean? So he's representing many different things. So, um, you know, if he if he if he was boring and then he also wasn't doing anything at all, then yes, I would have to consider me and be like, all right, well maybe your time has come to a close. Uh, but I think that um, yeah, I think that you have to have a really good story, and I think that you have to have multiple things, not just one. You know what I mean? There has to be multiple things that's going on in your life that are going to keep people invested. Because say if your goal is to be like, hey, I want to sell out of my the dresses, and I work on dresses. Okay, so say if you sell out by episode two, now what can we follow? You know, do we keep following the dresses? Okay, but do people want to see that for the next two, three months while it's airing? No, they want to see something else. You know, they want to, they want the story to keep progressing. So, um, sorry, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but yeah, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. No, you're fine. This show is set up. Am I? my questions are set up for people to go on tangents about things because I want you to actually like tell your life story so I want you to have a really long winded answer about things that's the point (laughs) okay good that's the the entire point (laughs) I love it I love it thank you now when you sit in the editor's chair to put a show together what are you typically looking for so I, you know, we film certain scenes for about like two, three hours, uh, sometimes four, some, rarely five, but like scenes do happen for a couple of hours. And I kind of, you know, being there at the scene, I kind of already know what conversations are coming up. So I normally like to be like, okay, what is it, what is going to be the most interesting thing that happened out of these four hours? What is, how can I narrow that down to 15 minutes or less and how can I keep people entertained but also not give too much but also not give too little so how can I you know pretty much show the most entertaining thing so I think in the editor's room you know I'm always looking for the best conversation that will also go into okay this is going to come back up you know a few scenes from now or in the next two episodes so this is very important to put in there uh you know, a lot of the boring conversations or a lot of things that just are random conversations always get cut out because, you know, no one really wants to see or hear it. But um, yeah, I just look for the most like kind of interesting topics and conversations that happen. And we put, we air that on the show. What's the hardest show for you to edit on your network? Oh, um, the hardest to edit, I would say, honestly, I probably would say this season of the Come Up New York, you know, because we're mm. doing it completely different. And I think that, like, I'm, I'm taking it very seriously when it comes to editing because I want it to feel new. 
because I was like, if I come back and do the show, I want it to feel new. I don't want it to feel like how the other seasons were. I want it to feel more like glamorous and upgraded. So the music needs to feel more rich. Uh, the the angles need to feel more just a little bit more like intense and, and glamorous. You know what I mean? So um, the locations need to be better. You know, we're not going to be sitting in a, in a park anymore. We're not going to be sitting at the chicken spot. <laughs> we're going to be sitting at restaurants <laughs> where... You know, we're going to be sitting at restaurants where they're actually bringing out food. They're going to have, you know, margaritas and all kind of things on the table. So it feels more festive. The lighting needs to feel better. The green screens need to, to be better, you know? So um, I think that like all, you know, that chair and the green screens is really hard to edit in because that's so many damn holes and it's a big red chair. You know, I've never done that before, but it was something new <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to try out. Um, but yeah, I think it's this season, this season for sure. Cause I really was like, I need to step it up. Word. When do you know a show is a hit? <sighs> you know, that's, that's the hard part of, that's hard. I think, you know, the show is a hit when you're confident in the show and it, it receives a lot of like either reviews or posts or people mentioning certain things in the show that normally you wouldn't think were gonna be like talked about. So mm -hmm. I think that like, yeah, views for sure can determine a hit show. Um, but I think that like YouTube's algorithm has kind of been a little, you know, wonky anyway. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know, it, it depends. But I think that like, you know, the views and how engaged the audience is, you know? If you have a lot of people tuning in every week, talking about it, they're posting on their stories, they're sharing it, they're, you know, they're having watch parties, and I think that that's when, you know, you have a hit. Um, I think if no one's talking about it and it does like, you know, I don't know, like under 5K or something like that, then maybe it's not the best, <laughs> the best uh, hit show. And I've, I've gone hmm. to it, you know what I mean? Like when I did uh, a drag show and it didn't really do that good, but I'm gonna bring it back, right? I think that, it's necessary. And I think with this new platform I have, um, well, I mean, the, like the, the new fans and everything I have, I think that I want to give it another try and see if it works. And if it don't, then all right, I tried, I tried twice, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I totally feel you on that. Yeah, shout out to the girl and all the Those folks. The the folks. <laughs> what do you take away from the reception of the audiences when a new when a new season begins airing, if anything? Um, I try to see like the reception as far as like their critiques. I think like I look at, okay, what is something that everyone, like a lot of people are commenting that they do not like, you know what I mean? Is it it's so, okay, so a lot of people don't like this. All right, well, let me put that in my notes and let me keep that in the back of my mind. But if I really do like it and a lot of people don't, then I'm like, hey, sorry, I like this, so I'm keeping it. But if it's something where it's like, oh no, this could be fixed. Like this doesn't bother me to change. But now we'll look into changing it just because I, like, like I said, I want to please the fans. I want to make sure they feel heard and seen on things that they want to see. Hi. So what do you think the line is for you when deciding what goes into an episode and what you decide to leave on the cutting room floor? Um, hmm, that's a hard question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I haven't really thought of it like that. I, I, I try to make sure that it, it's like that it, each episode tells a story, 
So I guess like if there is a scene that just doesn't make sense, if I put it in there and it's just a random scene that people are going to get bored with, I normally tend to not put it in there. Or if it's just a random conversation that has nothing to do with the story, I tend to not put it in just because I want people to watch it and feel like a story is being like it's unfolding rather than just random conversations about nothing. You know what I mean? But I guess I guess I follow more so of the story. That's that's what keeps in, and then whatever it's just random, I just normally don't put in. Okay, so in that line of thinking, what's been the storyline that you couldn't? What's been the storyline that you most couldn't wait to unfold over the course of a season? Like, what was the edit that you knew what was going out that was like, ooh, I can't wait for y'all bitches to see this? <laughs> I think that, well, definitely the engagement. Um, I've known, you know, I've known about it before we filmed it. And then also, you know, we filmed this, you know, months ago. So I was like, damn, I can't wait for people to see it later this year when it comes out, because I think it's going to be like a really dope moment. Um, Drama-wise, I love when there's a buildup of something of like either someone lied about something and then it comes out that like there's proof that they did lie or that like, you know, they finally get to the bottom of whatever scandal was going on. Um, Like for example, the whole situation on the Come Up Atlanta with Messiah, you know, um, messing around with Darion's boyfriend, Leon, on the show. Um, Mm -hmm. That was something that was just like, I never even knew about it until my producer came to me and told me, hey, I I was filming and this happened. And I was like, what? And so I was like, wait, huh? Like, what is going on? So it was very much like something to be like, wow, how is this going to unfold? How are we going to, how is this all going to play out? You know what I mean? And um, I was excited for people to kind of see that whole situation unfold because it was so many questions that I had about it, you know? Ooh, chair. I, you know, I try to I just pull the job. I always tell the children to just go watch it for your damn self, honey. Just go, just oh, yeah. go watch it because I did my research, honey. Y'all better watch it. Please watch it. Yeah, because I did my research. Yeah, I know what he's talking about. Y'all got to go, baby. Okay, mm-hmm. right now. <clears throat> What's been? You spoke about Spanky coming out. You spoke about the engagement. What do you think over the course of your franchise's career do you think has been the most impactful edit for you to put out? Mm. The most impactful edit? Mm-hmm. Or the most impactful story, the most impactful episode... Well, um, I honestly didn't know whether to approach that question from like a producer, from an editor, from a viewer's perspective. I really didn't know where to approach that question from. <laughs> but I just, but it just felt like I, I just wanted to know what was what's been the most impactful moment for you to see go out of any of these shows that you've done. Um, I definitely, I definitely think that. Um, well, for Bad Boys Club, it was when all the boys kind of gathered around and they were talking about things they wanted to work on and what they'd been through and how they each kind of connected on opening up to each other. I think that was beautiful. Um, so I think that was definitely an impactful moment. Um, I think when people fall in love on the show, 
I think that is beautiful. Uh, you know, like at the time we were filming the Miami show, Sean and Prince fell in love. Uh, you know, a lot of cast members end up like, you know, dating each other or kind of building a life with each other outside of the show. So I think as a producer, that's what really makes me happy is seeing like cast members who never knew each other. We filmed the show and now they've, they've been friends for years, you know, ever since the, ever since the, um, the show airs. But I think like either on the show as a viewer, maybe Spanky coming out, Ty's engagement, uh, Sean opening up about his father passing away on the show. That was really, really tough. Um, uh, uh, so many, there's so many things. I don't know. It, it, those are the things that come to mind right now. That. Do you have something that was just personally most fulfilling for you? Like whether the fans liked it or not, whether they cussed your ass out for it, whether it didn't get a lot of views. Do you just have something that was personally like, I am so proud I did this? I think it was Shadows. I think that like, I was happy that I finally did. I was really scared to do a scripted show and I didn't know how it was gonna work. You know what I mean? I just kept doubting myself, like, how are you gonna do this? How, like, this is a lot of work, this is hard. Um, and then I, when I finished it, I put it out there. And at first it didn't get a lot of views, but I was so proud of it because I was like, I really love this project. I don't know why people aren't watching it like that. Like, this is something that I really, really love. And then all of a sudden it blew up and it, it got a bunch of views. And I was like, oh shit. Like, but with or without the views, whether it did a million views, whether it did a thousand views, I was really, really proud of it just because it was something I really believed in. That is awesome. Shout out to Shadow. Go baby. Shout out watch. to Shadow. <laughs> and if you don't know, grow the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> um, have you ever regretted hearing something? Hmm. That's a good question. Regret airing something. Regret airing something. I there's not really a, much of a regret, but I think that like a part of me does feel bad when it came to this boy who was dating Rock on the Come Up Atlanta. He was really drunk, and he was like kind of venting about how his feelings were hurt. Uh, and he really didn't know us, you know what I mean? He just, like, we all got there together because we were filming, but we just met him that day. And, you know, I asked him if he's okay with being on camera. He said yes. I said, it's okay if we filmed the whole night. He said, yeah, that's totally fine. And then when he got drunk, it was, like, a different side of him a little bit. And I just kind of felt bad that it was like, damn, like, I don't really know this kid, you know what I mean? Like, what if his family sees him like drunk on the floor crying about a guy or upset about a guy like you know that was kind of something i was like uh i i maybe if i could go back i, I probably would take that out just because it, it made me feel a little like you know maybe he, I, like i felt like maybe he was just venting to us but because we were filming it was good for the show and the storyline of what rock was dealing with sorry, but, uh, i don't mean to laugh i'm sorry i don't mean to laugh <laughs> That was nervous laughter. I'm sorry. But that is, yeah, I totally get what you mean. It's like, what do you do in that moment when it's like you want to be there for him? But it's like also, yeah. We, uh, mm. Yeah. And a lot of those moments happen where it's like, you know, something happens and they're coming to me more so like on a friend level where it's just like, I need someone there. So a lot of stuff has happened where it didn't, it didn't go on camera or it didn't go out on the show just because I would feel horrible kind of just exploiting that vulnerable moment of them feeling like 
hey, I just really need someone to talk to and hold right now or hug right now as they're crying, you know? Like, I, I don't want to be like, hey, cameras, come over here, come over here, you know? Because then it just feels right. really shitty. <laughs> it so, feels very, nothing you say matters unless that camera is rolling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It feels very bad. Mm-hmm. Now, in that being said, have you ever like had a moment where you've been on set and some shit has gone down and like, like you, like you're watching a scene go left and you're like, no, we can't do this. Like, just shut it down. Like, we cannot put this out. Or do you just keep filming it and then just don't air it? Um, there's sometimes where like, it, you know, scenes will go left and I'm like, hey, we're we like, we are not here to do that. Like, we're not here to like, we could do that later. But this is about this. I think that, uh, for example, Milan's wig party on the Come Up Atlanta, I really wanted them to just wear the wigs, eat food, and have fun for the for the day. You know, we had so much drama already that I really just wanted to see them, like, just be silly. Sit there uh, and eat your food. Sit there and eat your food and have a good time. And so I really thought Darion was just going to walk out and leave it alone and whenever they you know whenever we film another time they would handle their situation or whatever but he ended up saying something and and then like messiah judy anthony i think they all kind of thought like i had something to do with it like i was kind of setting them up in that moment and i was like listen no i promise you i didn't even know he was here i thought he was gone <laughs> and then when you know and then he walked out and did all that and i'm just like Ugh. but i can't stop recording because you know why would I stop recording? But at the same time, I did, right. I did want to put the camera down. <laughs> I wanted to put the camera down and be like, we are not doing this. We are not doing this. But um, yeah, that was probably a moment that I, I was like, ugh, damn. All's well that ends well. Um, <laughs> who has been... <laughs> uh Now... <laughs> Sorry, that's my nervous laughter because this is probably the most invasive question I've ever asked somebody on my show before, but I genuinely want to know this. Okay. Who has been the hardest cast member to not bring back to a franchise? To not bring back? Mm-hmm. Like, who's mean, the person that was oh, like, like, I just... Like, okay, I don't know. Like, I... Like, like who's just like been like the one that's like I just I hate to I don't wanna but I gotta <laughs> um hmm. so wait so you're saying like I, di- I didn't want to bring them back but I had to because it, sh- it would make sense for the show um or are I you saying that, think like, about it from that perspective or well, are you saying like I wanted them to come back but they didn't come back I was thinking more so like who was the person who you knew you weren't gonna bring back or like you knew like this was their last season and like who was the hardest person to give that phone call and be like you know it's not happening um, but I do love that perspective as a part B to be to that question of like who was the person that like you didn't want to bring back, but that's good for the show. But I think that's a little too messy, so don't answer that. We can talk about that off camera. I think, um, hmm. I don't know. That's a really hard question to answer, if I'm being honest, because I feel like if I answer it, it's just going to 
yeah i don't know i just i don't know i think that yeah that's hard to answer (laughs) (laughs) that is really hard to answer that is fair i thought of it today and i was like that is i don't know where on the line that is but i'm just gonna (laughs) jump out there and see where that goes fair enough Shout out to all the cast members. Y'all can clearly see that Karan loves all of y'all equally. Whether shout out he... to all the girls. Shout, shout, shout out to all the girls, honey. All the girls at school <laughs> that paid $10 to get in the ball. You worked me the house. <laughs> right. So, when it comes to your cast, how do you balance your personal connections to the people on the show with the task of creating a great show? I used to be super friendly with them and like want like you know like be friends or whatever have mm-hmm. you but I noticed that that causes way too much issues and everyone thinks like oh because we're cool with each other you're not gonna put that in right and it's like no that's my job is to put the juicy stuff in you know that but yeah but we're cool with each other like why would you do me like that and it's like you know what it's that's job, my why exact because you were a cast member before anything (laughs) um however i learned to kind of be a little bit more stern and not be so uh friendly friendly when it comes to it and i make it very known every single time like hey we could be cordial but this is my job first so i don't want you feeling no type of way if i produce the show the way i need to produce it to get conversations going and i make it very clear so I think that's why even like now this season you haven't seen anything about me come out or people like trying to spin a story because I made it very clear and everyone understood. So this is the first time really where I'm putting out a show and it's not someone trying to like blame me for, oh, he edited me to look horrible or like, oh, he, you know, he said that he wouldn't put that in there he put it in or anything like that. None of that happening. <laughs> What do you say to the editing thing when people are like, I blame the editor. That was not a fair representation of my character. I hate it because it's just like, whenever we watch TV, we know that like, okay, we're watching the best moments of whatever scene happened. Uh, So you can't edit anything that is not given on camera. For example, if you're yelling and screaming on camera, there's no way I can edit your mouth and voice to do that unless you actually did it. Now, you might not like how you looked when you did it. So the first thing you're going to say is, well, you made me look angry. And it's like, no, I didn't make you look anything. This is this is what you are angry about. We have people talk about it. It's shown to thousands of people. They don't like it. So now you revert back to, well, that's not how I really am. The show made me look that way. And so it's easy to blame it on other people once you're in a situation where it's like, instead of just owning it and being like, you know what, actually, yeah, I was really pissed off that day and I did go off, maybe I went too far. I think people will respect that more than kind of giving excuses as to why these people don't like you is because of X, Y, and Z. Like you can't say, oh, the producers made me say this or made me act this way, because no, we don't. We, I never want to force anyone or make anyone act any other way but themselves. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's a bullshit. And to that point, I'm going to just go ahead and, and just, you know, nobody asked me. And this might not be my damn business to, to say, but I feel mm-hmm. like I should. 
Okay. Anybody who sit here and blames the edit or says that production made me do something or they, you know, like anything in that vein, it makes you look that much crazier that you actually cared your ass your, at your big age <laughs> and did it on television. Yeah. Yeah, because if if because why is it because because okay yeah exactly like you just said so if that's the case right and say for a safe quote unquote production would make you done something you were okay with doing it and you had no problem with it until it aired and now it's a problem because people are judging you for it you know what I mean like yeah it, it's like it you, makes you look crazy you didn't have enough deductive reasoning in the moment to recognize that this was possibly going to make you look like an ass on international internet television. Like, you, like y'all, like, it's not like, oh, people just in America go see this because it's on, you know, BET or whatever. Like, girl, this is on Beyonce's internet. Like, this is everywhere. <laughs> this is real. This. Like, girl, everybody see this. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what you... <laughs> So it always bothers me when people are like, I blame the edit or or production told me to say that. Production made me do it. But bitch, you say... Hold on. I yeah. didn't mean to call you a bitch. I, I didn't mean to get aggressive. I'm sorry. I don't it's, feel it's like... The, it's the easiest way out. It's the easiest way out for anyone to blame that. You know what I mean? So that's why every time or every season, you always see the people say the same things because it's the easiest, easiest, easiest way. You know, I can, I can understand if like there was an edit to make someone look racist or something crazy, then yeah, I would absolutely be mad at production and, and be like, why would you make it seem like I agreed with her racist remark? Then I would blame that on production. Like I actually show the raw footage. I actually said, no, that wasn't okay. But they Correct. recorded me saying, mm-hmm, I agree. You know what I mean? Then I could understand. <laughs> you know? Like that's yeah, serious. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause, um, not yeah. To, Cause not to be messy, but like, that like what you just described is what we should have gotten from the love is blind cutie scene i don't know if you're familiar with the show but like i don't think i, ever, I think i never watched it for those of you that are listening that was what we were expecting to see from the xana cutie scene i'll send it to you and you'll just have you just respond to me with your remarks. But okay. yeah, it was, it was, the, there was a scene where somebody called for something to be aired because of an allegation that was made against them. And it ended up actually vindicating them in the end. But the way that the person presented it was like way, like way more left than it was. Way more left than it actually ended up being. And so when they aired the scene, it ended up backfiring on her because she was like, yeah, air it, air it. Because he was like, that's not how that scene went, dude. Like, that's just not how that scene went. And then when it aired, right. it was like, we all looking, because we all got questions, but luckily they only own one damn season. Oh, wow. Like, you speaking about, like, if somebody, like, produced me to look racist, that's something to, like, call, call bullshit on. Like, that's what we should have got. You know what I'm saying? But anyway... Yeah. <laughs> what has producing reality TV taught you about conflict resolution? Um, when I was younger, I used to think that like the crazier the better. So like any conflict, I was like, okay, this like you know again, I'll, I'll just 
a disclaimer, I was younger. I was in like, you know, before 21 age. So very young minded. So I was always like, okay, how can we, how can this become a fight? How can this become a big moment where it just goes completely like batshit crazy? You know what I mean? Like we need those moments. Right. So that's what people want to see. You know, so that was kind of my mindset for a really long time when I when I first started doing it. <clears throat> um, and then I realized, like, well, what exactly is getting solved? You know, if everyone's fighting, if everyone is having these issues, it makes it hard to film because no one wants to be around each other fighting all day. And also, Man. it just, like, people are not going to want to be on your platform because they're going to like, well, I don't want to get on your platform and start fighting people. Like, I, I don't want to have that reputation either. So <laughs> now that I'm like... <laughs> Now that I'm growing up and, you know, I'm 25 now, I'm starting to see, like, you know what? A good argument is fine, but it doesn't have to get to the point where people are putting their hands on each other. I think that we can, you know, argue and scream at each other for a little bit, and then we can sit down and be like, you know what? I thought about it, and this is how I feel, and either we can become friends or we can move on. Like, there's healthy dialogue that can still happen without it being completely, you know, crazy where it, it gets to the point where someone's getting hurt. Um, and so I, I learned that and I was like, you know what? I actually would prefer it to be, yeah, like let's throw shade, let's argue. I mean, if a drink be thrown, sure, I'm sure that would bring in a lot more ratings, but let's not get to a point where we're rolling around at an event, pulling each other's hair out all the time. <laughs> like that's what Bad Boys coming for. Let's leave that for Bad Boys though, because they're gonna do all the fighting that y'all need to see. Um, they know what they they know what they're watching as soon as they click on it. So they it's you know, but if you're watching the come up, I don't want to I don't want it to be like this season on the come up, and then you see people just rolling around fighting all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny to me. Like, when you said that, it just made me think about Candace from The Real Housewives of Potomac when she was like, I refuse to be on national television fighting and fighting and rolling around in my cornrows. Yeah. I'm saying, girl. <laughs> <laughs> The beauty of black people, I swear. The beauty of black people. Now, we spoke earlier about your network standing with and apart the the other people doing similar or considered similar things to what you're doing in the general internet space, right? Mm-hmm. How do you think your shows, specifically the the Come Up, Bad Boys Club, Shadow, even? How do you feel like those shows stand apart and stand with the other shows specifically in the LGBT space? Um, I mean, definitely stands apart when it comes to like bad boys because, you know, again, like I think it's really the only one of its kind when, when when we were doing it, you know what I mean? Like there was not another all male cast that was giving it up the way that the boys were. Um, and are, you know what I mean? Because we're, we're about to start filming the, the new one <laughs> pretty soon. So, shout out to season that. eight. Shout out to the season eight girls. Um, really, really excited for people to see to see these girls because this is just a, it's a whole nother ball game. Seriously, I'm excited. Um, Shoot. Yeah, I, you know the girls like to tussle, Eddie. The girls like to tussle. I am trying to mentally prepare myself for what is to come for season eight because I feel like it's just going to be chaos. I mean, it always is. But to go back to what you were saying, I think that like, yeah, we haven't had uh, a Bad Boys Club before. You know what I mean? I, I came on the scene, I did it, it worked, and then um, I left it alone. You know, I, I started to take things more serious. Um, I brought it back because rightfully so, I was defending my title of what was fair. 
Um, Hello. It did good. <laughs> it did good. And I'm like, okay, fine. I, I might give y'all a couple more of these. But, like, the reason why I stopped doing it is because it really takes a big toll on my mental. And it, it really stresses me out. Like, I do not like to be around people who are fighting all the time. Uh, anyways, um, the come out was definitely, again, like, one of one of the first. You know what I mean? Like, the, the kind of first to make it a gay reality series where it was, like, Housewives meets Love and Hip Hop meets, uh, you know, whatever have you. So... I think it stands out because it's it's original, you know, it's, it's originality when it comes to the format that I, you know, laid down for, you know, a, a lot of these girls. So I think that when it comes to what's original and what's still here, you know, we have a we have probably like a hundred gay shows now that are web reality based um, online. <laughs> but you still see who, you know, you, you, you can see the difference between the people who are doing it just to do it and the people who actually are taking it seriously and really building uh the brand and building the 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 look of it you know what i mean and so mm-hmm. i think that like what makes me stand out is 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 the growth and the stories and the casting and the moments you know there's a lot things go viral all the time so i think also like making moments happen organically without trying to make it happen mm. What is reality? What is reality television taught you about people? It taught me that instead of everything being my way, there's always a way to listen to people's opinions and digest it and then respond. Instead of before with people, it just I just thought it was always like, you know, my way or the highway. It then became well, let me see it from your point of view. Okay. I could see, or maybe I'm like, I still don't understand and I don't agree with you. <laughs> or it could be actually, you know what? I see it from your I see it from your standpoint. I could see why you feel that way. I could see how you think that. And then either I can explain it or I can just be like, you know what, I apologize. Like you're right. That did look crazy or that did sound crazy, or you know, so I think that's what it taught me. It taught me how to like have better conversations with people. Sure. What have you learned about yourself from producing reality television versus just watching it? Um, what I've learned about myself, I would say I've learned patience. Um, I've learned how to meet people halfway. I, like I said, it, it really used to just be my way or the highway. You know, if I didn't agree with something I would be like all right well if you don't agree with it bye you know like I'm not about to argue with you like I'm not you know this is what I want but now it's more so like making people feel comfortable meeting them halfway so it's just an easier work environment you know absolutely have you found yourself yet Ooh. um I don't necessarily know if I fully have. I think I'm still learning myself. I think I'm still learning things about myself. So I think I'm getting there, but I don't think I fully have found myself completely yet. But I think I'm I think I'm almost there. I think I'm getting there. What does the person at the level you're at now tell the person who has just decided to start Gemini Films? <sighs> Um, keep a team that you can trust 
and work hard it 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 can it will pay off for the long run if you really believe in it and if you really take it seriously like i think that a lot of people do things just for money or they do it just for like like clout or whatever you have to do it for the right reasons or else it's never going to work i mean if you if you're really passionate about it i think it'll work out more than if you're just trying to do it as a hobby so really understand if it's something that you really want to do because if not then don't do it don't waste your time just because it's hot right now don't mean it's going to be hot in the next year or two for sure so how do you want to be remembered I would love to be remembered as someone who really helped the culture and gave the culture moments of entertainment that made them happy or made them connect with their family or friends. You know, I, I, I hear people tell me all the time, like, you know, uh, I was in the hospital because I was having surgery or I had cancer or I have lupus or leukemia. Um, but I watched your videos while I was laying in the bed and I, like, I didn't feel pain. I didn't. I wasn't thinking about being in the hospital. I was just enjoying your episodes and it really put me in a better place, you know? So hearing those kind of things made me be like, wow, that's exactly what I, I, I like to do it for. I like to do it for the people who felt like me when I was younger and I was crying all the time. And, you know, I would go to the movie theaters and I would forget about being bullied in school. I would just love to be in that moment. So I would like to be remembered as that, as a person who, who helped in dark times. In dark times. In dark times. <laughs> Continuing on that thought process, what advice do you have for aspiring television producers? Uh, study. The, be- the best thing I can say is just study. Study how film works. Study TV. Study your like whatever your favorite shows are. Watch behind the scenes. Watch interviews. I watch them all the time. Like If I'm traveling, I'm listening to interviews from directors. I'm watching reviews. I'm seeing what people like, what they don't like. You know what I mean? Like all those things play a part because essentially you want to make sure when you start to do your own thing, you're getting, you know, you ha- you start to have it down pat, you know? Listen to what people were saying that were big mistakes and what and what worked. So then you could kind of apply it to yourself when, you, um, when you're creating as well. Very nice. My last question to you is, where can the people find you and all of the things that you would like to promote? You can find me on YouTube. My, You can find my projects on YouTube at Gemini Films with a Z. Um, you know, click that, subscribe. And you can find me personally on Instagram at The Real Quran, K-A-R-O-N. Um, or you can follow the Gemini Films page if you want to follow me. That's totally fine. And um, yeah, you know, get into it. Go on YouTube, binge watch, get your life. You know, there's lots of entertainment that uh, people, I think, I think other people will love. So you won't be disappointed. Absolutely. I appreciate you so much for coming on. This has been so amazing. Well, thank you uh, for having me. Absolutely. I would love to have you back when I have people on. I always say that they're a friend of the show. So anytime that they want to come back, they always have an open door. Okay. I'm here for it. Absolutely. I would love to come back and to chat more. Down the line. Ooh, I appreciate <laughs> you. Yeah. 
as far as the children go, mm-hmm. on that note, that has been our show. I appreciate every single one of you for tuning in. And a special thank you to my guest, Karan Wilson, for blessing the podcast. Y'all know that this has been a blast. I don't have to remind you. But I am going to remind you, like I do every episode, to be real, stay in reality, and always bring the realness. I am Sean Ellis Rogers. This has been Real Reality Realness. And once again, I put the mess in the message. Until next time, love you, bye. Peace.